0: What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks.
1: Hola amigos, this is Ray Hudson from and Sports and Sirius XMFC
0: and you are listening to Barça Talk.
1: Today on Barça Talk... Antoine Griezmann had a great performance but failed to score in the first half, not even with a penalty kick when facing Claudio Bravo, our old friend. It looked like Barca was going to drop points again despite creating many goal opportunities. Then, magic Messi appeared and everything changed, a must win for Barca. Hello everyone, welcome to Barca Talk, part of the BlaugranaGram podcast network. I'm Alejandro Villegas coming to you from Miami and joining me today in this episode we have Logan Stanley, uh, who is in Huntington Beach right now in California. How are you, Logan?
0: Doing good. Even better after a nice La Liga win. That was uh, really needed from the past couple of weeks in La Liga. So I'm in a very great mood right now.
1: Yeah, I know. Refreshing, right? After yeah. four straight games in La Liga without a win, it's yeah. it's good to come back to the winning ways. Exactly.
0: Especially when you yeah, up at 7 in the morning. So it's just nice. to If, if, if we didn't win that, I would have been double uh, as angry.
1: Yeah, that's that's something that you guys on the in the West Coast have to suffer a lot, right? Like oh. waking up early sometimes to watch La Liga. Yeah. Uh, so today for you was like around seven a.m., right?
0: Yeah, seven fifteen was start time. As, as it's not as bad as the EPL because I know they have some four or five o'clock games. Right. So I'm kind of right. lucky as a Liga, La Liga fan, but you know the East Coast definitely gets it a lot better.
1: Yeah, I know because I was watching uh, Everton against Manchester United earlier. Mm-hmm. So for you, that's that would, that that had yeah. to be too, way sleeping. way too early. Yeah. So what do you do? You you like? Do you have breakfast? Do you get a cup of coffee or what's? How, how do you go about it? I
0: had like a I had a six thirty start time probably, and then I, I get get myself some toast. Nothing too heavy for the game because you know I have to okay. be on my top uh, shape. But for the for the EPL games, I'm sleeping. I'm dead asleep. Unless it's a, <laughs> unless it's a massive game, I am sleeping. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right, right. And you were doing uh,
1: a live broadcast today, right, with e- the blog Yeah, I do a
0: live broadcast with Blograna game and Omar. It's pretty fun. It's awesome.
1: Nice. So you guys can uh, check that out yeah. every time during the games. We're doing this. Uh, it's it's a good opportunity. To, so you guys get to know Logan, get to know Omar, get to know what we do there. Uh, at the Grandgram. It's fun because it's during the game so you guys can talk to us mm-hmm. during the game and we can talk about it exactly as it's happening. So it's 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 a little different experience from what we're doing right now mm-hmm. in the podcast and that way you can actually see Logan in if you can't see Logan right now. He looks like Puyol yeah. wearing that uh I don't know like uh, sand colored yeah. uniform that Barca used to have remembering uh, those glory years and and Puyol and you can see Logan and how he looks exactly like our captain right now. So uh, talking about Granogram, they have a, an article that was pretty interesting. And I want to talk to you about this before we dive into the match. Pedri said before this game that he feels he's at his best when he plays as a number 10. And, I mean, we, we had to see it right now because Coutinho is is not playing. Uh, he's injured. He's still uh, we don't know exactly when he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. And so Kuman had to do different things, right? And since he's not counting on Pooch, who would have been a, a great guy to have there, yeah. uh, Pedri's the one taking charge in that position. So, how do you feel about Pedri playing in, as a number 10? You think that's his verse, uh, like the best version of Pedri, or you think uh, you like it uh, when he plays? a little bit more close to any of the lines.
0: No, I agree. I think the center of the field is the best spot for Pedri. I think he excels there, especially in an area where we need creative playmaking, and he does that very well. A lot of balls over the top, which we haven't seen in the past. A lot of scoop over the top through balls that we never see anymore. And I feel like in, in, in the center attacking mid position, you don't need as much pace. And he, mm-hmm. he goes to the left attacking mid in the sideline, and he doesn't have as much pace as a, a lot of our other wingers. So it's a lot harder for him to get down the line but when he's in the center of the uh, of the field and he can facilitate, he, he's pretty incredible, to be honest, especially at that age.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. I, we have to remember people, he's only 17 years old. We, <laughs> we talk a lot about Ansu Fati and all the things that he's been doing, but Pedri's also in that age group, and, and it's pretty impressive what they're doing right now. What I love about Pedri, too, is like he can come back and help a lot with the defense, too. With, I mean, he's faster than Coutinho, of course. Mm-hmm. He he can do both things, like create a lot of uh, Offensive situations, like you said, creating chances and then also help a lot our midfield that, as we know, suffers a lot when we have to come back and try to defend our uh, our gold, mm-hmm. right? So that's what I like about Pedri, right? I mean, he, of course, he's, he's too young and, and we're going to go over his game against Betis because he, he had a couple of great plays there. But he's definitely one of the future references for this uh, Barcelona. And when he came from Las Palmas, everybody was like, why are they sign- signing this guy? So young, paying so much money, leaving him on the team when we have a uh, Ricky Pucci, right? I think that was a, yeah. a fair debate to have. I mean, you have a uh, Ricky Pucci. I mean, he was actually pretty good when Setien gave him a shot and then Pedri came up and you're like, why are you? Get- why, why are you uh, bringing in another player that looks and plays exactly like him? And we're seeing kind of why they
0: decided to sign Pedri mm-hmm. at this point, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, he's been pretty incredible. And he's going to be a mainstay in our starting lineup, it feels like. He's been pretty insane. I don't. I, he could even take Coutinho's uh, position at some point. Obviously, they've been playing well. But he'll get his minutes when Coutinho comes back. Yeah, he's literally just been incredible. He's been beyond what I expected. And you have to think, too these people were fresh off the Arthur exit. So we're thinking, <laughs> Hey, I, I wasn't thinking this possibly, but I know a lot of fans were, Hey, this guy's the next NES or Chavi. This guy can play this way. Right. You know, and it might've not worked out. I personally didn't think he played well in the last couple of months, but it's so refreshing to get a youthful player. I mean, I'll, I, I will give uh melo credit. He was young, but it's so nice to see a 17 year old on top of being younger than Fati playing just yes. as well. As Fati feels like at a high level, even in champions league. So I'm excited for our future at the club. Obviously, this feels like a rebuilding year as well. So I'm just interested to see how this plays out. Right. And he played a
1: great game against Juventus. You were talking about the Champions League. And and that's where everybody, like, not around Barca was like, okay, so this guy can actually uh, play at this level and against the best teams. And Juventus is one of them. Mm -hmm. So talking about the best, we have some of the Betis players that used to be Barcelona's. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, and I wanted to talk about yeah. this because it's funny how, how many players that have played or that grew up in the Barca system that yeah. play right now for Betis. So we had Claudio Bravo. He played for Barca. You guys know him. He was my goalie. when we had to pick uh, our favorite Barca teams uh, of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Tello, yeah. uh, Marc Bartra, uh, three of them. Sanabria, who scored the goal. He grew up in the in La Masia, and, and he's a Barca product, and then he's playing against us. And Emerson, who's a, a Barca player and a Betis player 50-50. Mm. So at least five guys from Betis uh, that are related to Barcelona. But talking about Claudio Bravo, you remember those years with Claudio Bravo? And yeah. we had, at that point, I think we had the best combination you can have. In the goal, right? We oh. had Claudio, Claudio Bravo playing in La Liga, mm-hmm. and we had Ter Stegen playing in the Champions League and the Copa del Rey, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe at that point, we didn't realize how good that combination uh, was, yeah. but right now, looking at it, you're like, man, we had two of the best goalies at that point playing for us.
0: Oh, yeah, it was glorious seeing them go back to back. And it and it wasn't one of those things where one was less than the other. So like this guy was yeah. playing easier games. They were both honestly just as good as a, a one another at that point in 2015. So they're basically in their primes. And obviously, Ter Stegen still feel like he is in his prime. But they weren't switching off because one was better than the other. They were both equally great and like outstanding world keepers. So it was, it's pretty interesting to see how their careers panned out. Obviously, um, Claudio Bravo didn't really work out at city just because Ederson came on the way and more of a sweeper keeper type guy, but it, we we were incredibly lucky and I think we didn't realize it at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So now looking back, you're like, yes, we had a great team and we had two great goalies and that doesn't happen very often. And you're, you're right. I mean, at that point they're saying, even talk to Barcelona. It's like, all right, these guys, I mean, uh, Bravo has to leave if I'm going to be the goalie here, because if not, I'd rather go somewhere else to play for all the competitions and be the starting guy in Barcelona. So I want to talk about that situation. Tello, of course, one of those young guys that uh, at that point, maybe he came up in the wrong era, right? Because we had so many good attacking players when he came up with Barca so he never got as many minutes as maybe could be getting right now. Like Teo, the young Teo, yeah. uh, in this team, maybe would have played a lot more, right?
0: Yeah, I agree. I definitely think he'd get a lot more team time. It's definitely one of those those things where we don't have time or minutes for him and they leave. Because it's like the Thiago situation, too. They couldn't find their right. minutes and they weren't able to progress. So they had to leave in a sense. So I actually really enjoyed him growing up. He was the small yes. little quick guy. I, I enjoy players like that. But... Obviously, you know, t- t- things happen, uh, lineups change, and you're unable to get the same amount of minutes. But, yeah, he's a great player still, and he, he kind of proves it. I mean, Batiste is a great squad. They're in the, you know, top 10 of La Liga, and he still plays at a high level. So, more power to him.
1: Yeah, and, and the other one, Mark Bartra, yeah. talking about missing defenders. We yeah. don't have a third defender right now. They're all injured. Yeah. So, the young is our third one. And Bartra was one of the options right there. I don't know if that goal—you remember that goal against uh, that we conceded in the Copa del Rey final—that yeah. Bale just went past through him. Yeah. I think that changed a lot of the way that Barcelona saw Bartra. Yeah, but he was—he was good. He was young, but he was good. And I don't know. I think we let we let one go there, and he could have been a, our our third uh, defender mm-hmm. right now, or maybe it would have been Piqué and Bartra there on defense. And what do you think about Bartra Um, at that point? Because then he went to Dortmund and then now he's back to, to Betis. But at that point, young Bartra, Mm -hmm. I think he, I mean, he deserved more of a chance, right?
0: No, I totally agree with you that this is the one guy out of the Betis squad that I'm like, wow, we should have never gotten rid of him at any point. I think I thought at the, at that time when he was playing for us, that he was the future. He was the, the sort of the, the Lenglet of that time where he was going to come up, he was going to partner with PK and obviously, you know he might have lost minutes from Mascherano at the beginning of his career a little bit. That kind of hindered his progression. Yeah. But I personally thought he was the future of our club at center back. I really did. And and when we sold him to when we sold him to Dortmund, I was pretty sad about it. And um, he still plays at high level as well. Maybe he didn't turn out to the extent of which I thought he was, but yeah, he's still a great center back. And he's a great looking guy. He'll sell you jersey. <laughs> he's got a great haircut. He's just a solid looking dude, and he, he plays well too. So. He's just—he's gonna sell jerseys and uh, put people in the stadium.
1: I know, I know. So those are three of the players that that played today that had a lot of minutes with Barça. Yeah. Sanabria just uh, scored yeah. in, in this game, and and he grew up in, in the Barça system, but he yeah. he never really got to the first team. And yeah. Emerson, we haven't still seen him. <clears throat> wearing the the Barcelona yeah. jersey, but we might we might see him at some point. Yeah. Maybe when Sergi Roberto leaves, we I mean yeah. I, we don't know when that's gonna happen. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yes, he, he'll probably retire there. Yeah. In Barcelona. So uh, just before we go to the break, and then we dive into the the actual match review, this Barcelona win against uh, Betis. Uh, a couple of positives for COVID-19 in Real Madrid. I know this is not a Real Madrid podcast, but this is like a, a sort of a La Liga podcast, right? And this has to worry all the teams. Casemiro and Hazard getting two positive tests in La Liga. And, I mean, this could be this could be getting a lot scarier if we get more and more cases in La Liga. I mean, we saw how many cases are going how the cases are going up in spain Mm -hmm. it's happening here in the united states as well and these athletes even though they're kind of in a bubble Mm -hmm. we're still getting positive so that has to worry the entire la liga right
0: oh yeah 100 percent. i think uk is back on lockdown so it's a lot harder for players to go out and do stuff and be able to go eat as well and it's just spiking cases in general this is what's going to happen in winter with with it being um you know somewhat of cold and people are going to get you know, people are going to get sick, obviously. And this is a pandemic. We we can't forget about that. And obviously, that's why play, uh, fans aren't in stadiums. But when you have a team and you have so much personnel interacting and doing, having to do all these things, it's going to happen at some point. Unless it's like the NBA Finals bubble where they're all just sitting inside. But it's a lot yeah. easier to take care of that when you only have 10 guys on the roster. So it's it's, it's just going to be really hard to keep scope going. Hopefully, we won't have to do a lockdown and the, the leagues won't get stopped again. Hopefully, they'll find something... Uh, find something that works for each of these clubs. But yeah, for now, all these players are, there's a lot of uh, positive cases It's kind of worrying.
1: Yeah, and it might have to change the way La Liga is approaching it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, in Spain, in general, they went like, they let people out a little bit more in the last couple of months, but now mm-hmm. they might have to come back to the the reality that we saw when La Liga came back with like almost just straight from home to the, uh, training grounds right. and, and from the hotel to the stadium, and, and, and that's going to change mm-hmm. again because if not, we might end up not having a season, which is what we don't have, right. uh, what we don't want at this point. So, we're going to go to a break, and after this uh, short break, we're going to be talking about the Barcelona Betis game here in Barca Talk. All right, we are back with Barca Talk, ready for our match review against, uh, I mean, about this game from Barcelona against Betis at Camp Nou. They won 5-2. They're starting lineup: They're staying in the goal. Roberto in the right. Piquet Langled in the uh, defense. Alba playing as a left-back. Busquets and the young in the middle. Dembélé, Pedri, Fatih, and Griezmann. So no Lionel Messi. And this is the first time Messi doesn't play in La Liga as a starter since 2018 against Athletic Bilbao. And that day... Barcelona tied. And this, I mean, Messi had 51 straight games playing the entire game. 49 with Barcelona and two with Argentina. It had to come at some point, right? Messi getting a little rest, especially before having to travel to to South America to play for the uh, qualifiers to the World Cup. Mm -hmm. And the the interesting point thing uh, here is... It came right after all this. Polemic came up in during the Champions League game. He was running or he was not running in the last uh, play against Dynamo Kiev. So why do you think uh, you make it? You think it was. Just giving Messi a rest, you think he had to be a little bit with what happened that day? How, how do you look at it?
0: No, I, I think Messi was just getting rest. I also saw reports of him possibly with ankle issues. Yes. But it, it seemed like he didn't have any in the second half. So I think he, he looks pretty fine. Yeah, he looks fine <laughs> because he was the difference maker at that point. But he could right. play on two broken legs and, and still be the difference maker too. So, But no, I think it was just a rotational thing to get in minutes. He's getting older. Obviously, he's not going to be able to play every 90. He, he wants to. But you, you don't yes. really want to do that to him, especially in a game like that, obviously. But I think, yeah, it just it seemed like a rotational thing. And I, I think the, the Kaviv, the Champions League clip is kind of taken out of context because it was only the last 30 seconds of the game and they were about to blow right. the whistle anyway. And they had all other nine guys behind the ball. So I don't I don't think there's a problem. I don't think there's any anger between him not running. People need to realize that like Messi is a tactical. He's a tactical positive. You can't. You, you need to have him at, at full energy at, all the time. So you, like, you can take a little bit of him off our defense in order for him to be a part of our attacking presence. So you have to make those trade-offs. Obviously, you want him to be able to press 100%, and I get that. I understand why you'd want to do that. But he's so great on offense, and he's so great for us. That how do you expect him to press every second of the game?
1: Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Young yeah, exactly. I Messi mean, could do that, but yeah. now – He's uh, at a different stage of his career, mm-hmm. and if you saw in that, in that same game, he had to come back around the 60th minute to, to try to cover for uh, Pjanic and Busquets on a, on a counter, and he had to come back all the way, and he was yeah. <laughs> the young him and Bus- uh, Piquet, the only three one that came back yeah. to defend at that point, so that, that should be talked about mm-hmm. a lot as well. So that was the starting lineup, no Messi, so we had uh, Pedri playing as a ten. Uh, we had Dembélé playing in, in on the right side, Fati playing a little bit more towards the left side, and Griezmann, man. Griezmann playing in his favorite position, right? He played as he, he would like to play it all the time, playing uh, a little bit coming from behind. not Not as a nine, but a little bit behind with the two wingers Uh, as options on the side and actually we saw a good version of Griezmann Mm -hmm. taking aside all the goals that they missed uh, in the first couple of minutes Mm -hmm. but I mean it was I think it was a a good version of of Griezmann he played better he was more uh, present during the attacking uh, chances that Barca had he just for some reason, he's just missing the goals. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. He's a lot more active. He's a lot more on the ball. He's a lot more. He, he had assisted in belly too, I, I believe. He's yes. a lot, definitely a lot more active. But dude, you got to put the ball in the back of the net. This is why we're paying you—you you know, hundred million dollars. Right. Put the ball into the back of the net, which I think will come with time and, and comfortability with our team because we're still switching up our lineup a lot. But. That that PK was pitiful, honestly. That this is this is, now I understand why <laughs> Messi's how important he is to, for us for the PKs. That was awful. But I mean, yeah. as soon as he starts scoring, I don't think we'll stop worrying and you know we'll stop uh, you know looking down on him. But because he was pretty good this game, I agree. Definitely an active play. He was good, but put the ball in the back of the net, Greece.
1: I know. I was writing down all the chances that we had. So Griezmann had this chance in minute four. Minute 11, mm-hmm. minute 26, and then the the penalty kick that he missed. So that was mm-hmm. four chances that he had in the first half. Yeah. And they were all very not. – I'm not going to say easy, but for a player that has the quality that Griezmann had, he, he could have had four goals in the first half because he didn't score mm-hmm. in the second half. So that's how – I don't know, how ineffective uh, Griezmann has been in front of the goal – and it's I don't I don't even know how to explain it because the the, the ball goes so close to the goal, but he's just missing. He's yeah, just missing target, which is which is the the main thing, right? When you uh, the first thing is try to get it between the three posts. right? Yeah, that's that's the, and the... make a
0: mistake or something, you know. Just get it on yes. target, whatever you can do. Exactly. So, and we saw the same,
1: and it happened during the Champions League too. A very similar situation against Dynamo Kiev that would have been. Uh, mm-hmm. The second goal in that same game. And at the end, if you look at it, Barcelona missed so many chances in the first half and they ended up uh, giving away the time goal in the last minute of the first half. So even though Barca was way better than Betis in this uh, first half, they were, ju- they were, I mean, they were tying again, 1-1. And you, I mean... It's the same thing, and 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 Kuman, it's he's been saying it a lot. We have to score these goals. Yeah, these are the type of games that you should be winning three 0 after thirty minutes, yeah. especially with all these chances, and especially if it's a a, a penalty kick. And and you you touch on a point that's very interesting because I mean, there's been a lot of talk about how Messi's just scoring from the uh, yeah. from the PKs, right? But here in these type of situations, you see how important it is to have somebody that you really trust. And look, uh, Griezmann is actually special. He he's he's used to to get this when he plays for France, so he's been there. He's he's missing the in the Champions League final before, so he knows a little bit of both uh, situations. But having Messi and, and having Messi in that situation to get the penalty kicks, it's it's very important, and it's it's so crazy how these players go through these stages when they just can't score that yeah. you get a penalty and you miss it you get an open shot and you miss it from both sides from the left side from the right side and I don't know it's just it's hard to explain actually what's going on with Griezmann he's just missing the target and yeah. that's it is I, I, it has to be a little bit mental but it, it's also like a little bit of execution yeah. When he's in front of the goal. Mm-hmm. So I guess th- there's not a lot of analysis to do there, just commenting what's going on. Yeah. And you talked about the assist, and they have to give uh, Griezmann an assist there, but what a golazo by Dembele. Yeah, right? I, I, it
0: It's more of a goal than like a real assist, I guess. But
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, Griezmann is the one who passes the ball Dembele to the yeah. right side. Yeah. yeah. And. And then Dembélé does this great play, and yeah. it was awesome. How how did you feel about this Dembélé? That's that's Dembélé that we're kind of used to, right? Like yeah, it, in these golasses, and then he can not even give a, like a back to back passes together. So it's it's a little bit of both mm-hmm. things yeah. going at the same time.
0: So yeah, it's it's nice. I feel like he's been a little bit more consistent lately with his play. I think he's. He's he's realizing that he can't dribble, you know, 40 meters across the field and then give it up. He's got to give it up a little quicker. So I think his Linkup plays a little bit faster now. But yeah, that was a golazo. Like that's what you expect from Dembélé. So it was nice seeing that on top of it, a decent performance from him. So as long as he can, you know, not stay not be injured and and be active in our starting lineup, then he's going to make a difference. It feels like because he's been great the last couple of games.
1: I agree with you and it's it's hard to evaluate him because remember against Alaves that we tied that game. He played those forty five minutes that, that, that were just horrible, right? Yeah, yeah. And and Kuman had to take him out, and the, the the situation with Dembélé and it has to be a lot with who is he playing with on the right side? You see how Roberto st- started today instead of Death because mm-hmm. if you have Dembélé and Death playing on the same side. They can't really play together, right? So yeah. Kuman like is going to have to go with one of them. It's going to be either uh, Dembele and and Roberto staying a little bit more back, mm-hmm. or it's going to be Dest and maybe I don't know Trincao or Messi, whoever mm-hmm. plays there in that position. So that's that's going to be interesting because you you start to see rotations and you start to see like teams within the team, right? Yeah. Because if you if you bring those two together, mm-hmm. if you have I don't know. Uh, too many minutes of Dest and Dembele on that side. They they are not gonna. You're gonna waste one of them, right? Yeah. Because you're gonna have to hold one of them back or maybe mm-hmm. bring Dembele to the middle. So that that was an that was an interesting move by by Kuman because we I think we all agree that Dest is the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, is is the better right back in the squad, right? Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. Sergio Roberto is is. I mean, he can get it done, I guess, somehow, yeah. right. even though the, the two goals came from, from that side and we can talk about it a little bit. But I think talking about the starting lineup and how he built the team, I think it was very interesting that he put Dembele on that side and, mm. and gave them the chance to really be effective on that side. And then he scored a golazo, so yeah. that was, it was a good game for, for Dembele for sure mm. and and something to be looking uh mm more closely to see if he can get actually uh, like more and more starts going into the future. So when Barca was winning one zero, I, th- I saw a lot of high pressure and I've seen this in a lot of games. I don't know why we go with the two guys like the young and Busquets so uh, up mm-hmm. to try to press the, the other team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I know the, the idea behind it, but then Barcelona is suffering a lot, giving uh, leaving a lot of space behind that line, right? Because yeah. it's not like the, the four defenders are all uh, crushed up mm-hmm. against the, the other team. And I don't know if you saw it, but we, we keep suffering mm-hmm. from the, the other team counters all the time because we go high on the pressure. And then we, we, when we don't get the ball, it's just all green and let's go run. And we know what happens when we run. We, we're not going to run at the same pace as the other teams.
0: Yeah, the transitional pace is just not there anymore, especially with Busquets. So if they already get a head start and then he starts chasing him, there's no way he's gonna catch them in any sense. Especially when you had you had Moraba today on the left side and Moreno. I'm sorry, not Morano. Moreno and yeah. he's insanely fast too. He's a small, quick guy. So, it, yeah, it's hard, especially when you have they have so much space in the middle because you think about it, you know, in the past, a lot of teams have countered us. It's always been part of our thing because we play possession football. So whenever you lose the ball, you're probably going to get countered. And we didn't seem to have a problem with it. So the pressing pace is just not as there any anymore as it used to be, obviously. And when you have guys like PK. In, in Langlet and they break their line and they come up and they try to make a tackle too high up the pitch and then they lose the, their footing. They don't seem to get the ball back. And then we get counted even worse because we only have three defenders back on defense. So they're going to, they need to pick and choose better wh- wh- when they're going to decide to attack and become get a tackle rather than just come up constantly and hope they, they get their possession back because it, it's killing us. It really is because on the goal that they tied up on today, Pique came up, tried to make a tackle, bounced off his foot to the wing, and they came back and scored, and he wasn't even back yet, so... It's yeah. one of those things where we need to. They need to get better at picking and choosing because they're not there athletically as they used to be with Busquets and 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 Langlet's not the fastest center back as well. So no. If we had Arrojo, no. well, maybe yeah, we can come up and make some tackles because he 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 has that get back speed. But when we play high venomous teams, they're gonna they're gonna make us pay for that.
1: Uh, yes, I agree with you. And you talked about Lenglet and you you talked about Moreno and how fast he was. Moreno just flew by yeah. uh, Lenglet in the mm-hmm. second goal. And, and there's we too. There was no way Sergio was keeping yes, up with the I don't know. It's just – it looks so easy. I'm like, wow, yeah. that's that's how how bad the defense is right now. And talking about that specific player uh, right at the end of the first half, it was interesting because I wrote down earlier before that play because uh, Piquet tried to do the same, and that was around – I got it right down here, minute 16. He went up trying to tackle and get a ball. And he lost, and then he opened a wide, wide space for Sanabria, and they almost uh, scored there. That was early in the game. And Mm -hmm. then what you're talking about happened exactly the same at the last play. Then Belelo loses the ball, and then we're all over the place. And look at how the ball went so slow through our box. Pique missed it. Le missed it and then Sanabria scores the, the tying goal. So oh, frustrating. I know. It has to be frustrating, especially after having all those chances mm-hmm. when, when they tie. I can't imagine Koeman's message in the in the locker room, right? Yeah. Like, guys, come on. We can't just let this happen yeah. all the time. We have to win, and we, we can't just let the other team uh, tie with these chances. So go, going to the second half, we had... Uh, of course, a great guy to bring on, right? Lionel Messi was in the bench. We knew he was going to come in the second half. He, he was uh, warming up during halftime, so he wasn't there for the talk with Koeman Wood. Mm-hmm. And he came in for Fatih. Fatih, in that uh, penalty kick play, he I mean, he got kicked. Obviously, he, he was the one receiving the foul. And we saw um, Martin Braithwaite warming up. So I guess Fatih was not 100%, and that's mm-hmm. why... He was the one coming up, and Griezmann was having a good game, so it wasn't going to be Messi for Griezmann at that point. So Messi comes up, and it's just four minutes. It's it's all it took, uh, Messi and his magic, to actually give Griezmann a shot that he could not miss, right? If you don't have the goalie, and you're by yourself, that's just a chance that you can't miss. But let's talk about that play, because that was just... Terrific. How good of how, I mean, the vision you have to have. Yeah. Because you knew, I mean, you see the cross, your first instinct is to, you know what, let me try to kick it. Yeah. And he let it go, and Griezmann just scored with nobody in the goal
0: yeah definitely especially when you're messy and you're probably one of the best finishers in the world around the box in that area too because when he's yeah. one-on-one with the keeper i mean it's almost a gimme at that point it's basically like a pk so for him to have the presence of mind to understand that the guy would behind him at a better chance than he did at that point in such a quick instant too because that ball was crossed from the wing it wasn't like it was a long play through ball that he knew about it was a yeah. ball that was coming in quick so you have to make a you know a very quick decision to decide hey i'm gonna let this run and especially when you have a good chance like that so I mean, that just displays how Messi is, like, just basically one of the best in the world. He's incredible in that position of it or the best in the world in that area. Just... A great mental game by him, obviously. People are going to say, he's not scoring goals in open play, or he's pessy or he's only hitting. Just, <laughs> just watch the guy play and see what his impact is. Just All you yeah. have to do is watch Messi play, and you'll see the simple things that he does to make the team better.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not just about goals or assists. It's just it's all over the place. Exactly. The, the pass before the assist, and all <laughs> the way he moves, the way he moves back and gets the ball and helps in the midfield. All the different things that, that Messi can do. It's just impressive mm. how he does something different every time, right? Yeah. Even at this stage of his career. And and that was great. And you saw how happy Griezmann was. Mm. Of course, it had to be a little uh, relief, right? And even though, I mean, he scored against Alavés. It's not yeah. like he, he's been scoring goals, but yeah. he should have like at least five or six or <laughs> seven goals more yeah. than whatever he has right now. And it sounds crazy, but he should be the Pichichi right now mm. in La Liga. Uh, that's how many chances uh, Griezmann hasn't been able to score so far in the 8 games that Barca has mm-hmm. in La Liga. So the the third goal it was a little uh, it was a play that was interesting, right? Uh, penalty kick, it, it was going to be another goal by Dembele, a great shot mm-hmm. after a great play by Barca. Penalty kick, I think it was a clear one. I don't know why they it took so long for them to actually uh, make the call. Uh, I mean, he was right. standing on the line. His mm-hmm. arm was open, yeah. and the ball clearly hit his his uh, arm, and yeah. uh, it was clearly a penalty kick and a red card. And here I, I wrote this down because it was, I think, it's the first time, not being teammates, that Messi had to face Bravo in a penalty kick. And you guys yeah. remember. Chile beat Argentina a couple of times in in penalty kicks in in Copa America finals, Uh, one of them here in in New York. And Messi missed that one. Thanks for reminding reminding me. me. Thanks for reminding me, Rob. Yes, and and Messi missed that one against uh, Bravo and and, and Chile. But, I mean, he he scored the one in in Chile in 2015. So this one's like the third time they faced each other. I don't know. They maybe have... Before all that, I don't have the, the exact stats. I remember those two moments, but it was it was it was fun because here you had, I mean, Bravo had a great save against uh, Griezmann in, in that penalty kick in the first half, and, mm. and Griezmann didn't actually like that wasn't the best kick no. by 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 Griezmann, right? With the penalty kick, but the way Messi scored that goal is just impossible for Bravo to actually get to. it. so up and and with so much. Uh, strength, it was just impossible for for the uh, goalie to get that ball. And that was another goal by Messi coming from a penalty kick. But you know what? You need – I mean, it was another key moment, right? Uh, Up by one again Mm -hmm. with another chance to actually score a goal. Barcelona could have scored eight goals today. They just missed so many open shots, and and it's crazy. But talking about this particular play – do you remember – where were you watching that uh, Copa America final that was played in New York?
0: Uh, I was with my grandpa on, my, on our couch. And uh, mm-hmm. just more heartbreak for the Argentinians because I, I come from – a, I have Argentine descent. So okay. just uh, – w- you know, we're just good at losing in finals mm-hmm. I guess. I'm not sure how that works. But, yeah, it's just – you get the déjà vu anytime Messi takes a free uh, penalty kick. <laughs> it just feels like it's just the world is like coming in around you because it's just because you know they're gonna everyone's gonna come down on him if he misses because he yeah. he can play well he can be the best player in the world during the game and they and his teammates won't be able to help him at all and then he'll miss a, a penalty kick and then the whole world just says it's his fault when he's at in fact. The best player in the tournament, every tournament he plays in. So, yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating because you know what comes with his his penalty kicks and you know the backlash he gets. So it was three one around minute
1: 63, 64. Mm-hmm. Betis had one man left, uh, less than Barça. They, they, I mean, uh, what was the name? The guy's name? I don't remember. The right. defender got uh, thrown out, red card. Oh, yeah, mendy so, Mendy, yes. Yeah. So we had around thirty minutes to actually make this an easy game. And it was not an easy game after that red card, right? Mm-hmm. We missed a, a couple of shots. Yeah. Trincao missed uh, one. He
0: mm-hmm. couldn't
1: fish uh, a couple of shots. Pedri also missed one. And then, again, we allowed the other team, even if they have 10 men on the pitch, to be faster than us. And then created, mm-hmm. and they scored the second goal. So it was 3-2 until mm-hmm. middle, what, or 80-something. Yeah and this is this is these are the type of moments when you see you know what this Barca is just so far away from that exactly uh, Barca that yeah. we all remember right because that team when we had one man uh more than the other team. Oh, yeah. Game was you over. Knew, you knew, and you knew it was going to be like five or six, and, yeah. and the other team was not going to even touch the ball. Yeah. And against Betis, that was not the case. I mean, we we talked about it. Lenglet and, and Roberto were so slow when Moreno came up, and and Lauren was by himself and he scored the goal. And again, it was 3-2. And, and Betis had a couple of plays that, that I was like, okay, are we going to wait yeah. uh, until they tie the game so we can yeah. switch uh, something here? Yeah. Busquets played 85 minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: 85 minutes again uh, for Sergio Busquets. And we saw it. We all saw it. We knew that Busquets was the, the player yeah. that had to come out. But what, what's going on there?
0: Yeah. No, I agree. They could have very easily tied that game. We did, we yeah. did not do well to, you know, keep our lead that was pretty awful how it was that was pretty quick they scored two they came back in what like t- five to ten minutes and already were one down and they looked like they're about to score again at one point two. they had a couple of chances yeah. in the box that i was like what are we doing we're going to give up this game give up these points it's going to be awful hmm. luckily messi had other things to say throughout that game but yeah you could tell too with busquets that, that's a lot of minutes for that dude he's old age so you give Messi, you give Messi his minutes and he and he and he walks around half the game too to yeah. to, to which is fine, but Busquets has to play defense the whole game too. So that guy's played eighty-five to ninety minutes a game constantly at his age, and he's just as old as Messi is. They're both old. And, right. and then he has to play the whole game. So that's that's a little question like questionable from Komen to say, hey, this guy deserves minutes off. Obviously, it's Messi, but this guy's still 32, 33 years old, and he's playing center defensive mid on both sides of the ball, playing deep in other halves and having to transition back. It's just it's a lot of room for us to get countered.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I just, you know what? I quit trying to explain why Busquets plays in this team. It's just, I guess, Kuman uh, likes the way he plays. So, uh, Messi's goal came in the 82nd mm-hmm. minute. Uh, I, finally, the first time that Messi scores, yeah. not from a penalty kick in this yeah. tournament, mm-hmm. he scored, and, and and this season because the right. the three goals that he has in the Champions League are also uh, coming from a. A penalty kick, and, and you saw he knew, and you saw when, when he had the ball and he was coming to the goal and facing Bravo, you knew he was gonna just try yeah. to kill Bravo there. Yeah, because that's the only way. I mean, he's he's been a victim of so many good saves in the last couple of games in oh, Champions 100%. League and La Liga. Like, yeah. it's just incredible. Like, last time against Alavés, the one that the, the goalie saved with his right hand, just diving yeah. like Superman, and it was just. That's just bad luck for Messi. So this yeah. time he's like, "You know what? No, I'm going to go up hard and there's no way and and that was game over, mm. 4-2 even though both Betis and Barca had chances after that. Uh, Pedri scored another goal. I mean, talk about a reward for a for a great performance. Yep. Pedri is scoring another goal, 17 years old mm. and and it's crazy. I mean, uh, Barca like we said, they, they scored five goals. And, and it could have been more and more, right? Yeah. We we get the feeling that it could have been five, six, eight. We, I mean, we talked about the four that Griezmann missed in the first half, and and a couple more than that Barça had uh, later in the game. So it was it was a it was a game that had a little bit of everything, right? Some moments that you are like, okay, this team's playing better. Mm-hmm. I like this version of the team a little faster, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Faster
1: paced, and then in the second half it was a little different, having Messi uh, controlling the attack uh, and, and all that. So the two versions, which team you like the better, like the, the fast-paced
0: mm-hmm.
1: Barca that can create a lot of chances but is not as effective, or maybe a little slower than and what we saw in the second half. They were more effective because they had Messi. That, that's it. And, and that was the difference maker.
0: Yeah, definitely Messi's the difference maker. And although he can't track back, you know, he's able to provide more chances. That's the thing though, is when Messi wasn't in the lineup, they didn't play the deep block. They were actually up on offense as well, and they didn't have yeah. like ten the guys behind the ball. So with Messi, you have to have great players around him as well that are able to get past that deep block because he feels like the only guy in the offense sometimes that has the mind and intelligence and quick wittedness to get behind the deep block. Cause we don't have Chauvin in yes anymore. We have, you know, we're, we're growing right now. So it's one of those things where it comes with the territory, because if you're going to have that guy in, then they're going to have 10 guys in the box trying to defend against him. But when we had Dembele in rather than him on the right wing, nope. you mean we had a lot of chances there in the first half and then they just got deeper and deeper as Messi right. got in deeper and deeper until they had to come back and get their points back or try to at least. But yeah, definitely, it comes with the territory. It's hard. you you got to make sure these guys can beat that deep block because that's what we're going to face when Messi's in.
1: So, yes, this was the first time we got to see how this Barca team looks without Messi Mm because it's the first time that that Messi hasn't played the 90 minutes. So um, I have to say, Mm -hmm. even though we tied in the first four or five minutes, I like the way the team played, uh, especially on offense. On defense, it's a different situation, and we know uh, it's going to be hard for them to actually replicate what they did in the past, uh, not allowing a lot of chances for the other team. Something that the uh, color commentators were talking about during the the broadcast of the game is that since El Clásico, or even before that, Busquets, Messi, Piqué, and Alba hasn't been in the same team at the same time, the four of them. Mm -hmm. And you can tell why. And I think Kuman is kind of realizing, you know what, these are my four guys that are, are giving me some sort of trouble on defense, I can't have them, the four of them yeah. at the same time playing for the team because you're, you're kind of struggling there. Yeah. And, and maybe you can switch off Linglea and Piquet there because they, they both have have had their moments in this season. But you, you're kind of realizing how Kuman is moving the pieces together and trying to find the actual starting lineup that is going to get Barcelona to to that level to try and fight for the Liga at least because, mm. I mean, we know we, we're kind of far away from the Liverpools, from the Bayern Munich of the, of the world. But in La Liga, you have to fight. And and these three points were so important for Barca.
0: Mm. Like
1: uh, right now, uh, it looks a little better. If we lost uh, this this game against Betis, we're going to be like almost in, in relegation yeah. situation, right? Yeah. So after this win, I mean, of course, we're recording this right after the game. Sevilla is playing Osasuna right now. Just to give you an example, they're, they're tying at the moment that we are recording this. But Barcelona, with these points, goes to uh, the eighth position with 11 points. I mean, a lot of teams still have to play. But it gives you a little relief, right? Because if not, you were going to end up close to the relegation zone with Celta, West, Levante, and those type of teams. So definitely a necessary win for this team, especially now that a little break is going to come, at least as a team, because the, the players are going to go and play for their countries. But this... Uh, uh, this felt like a must-win situation, right?
0: Oh, 100 percent, yeah. Especially after dropping points the last three games, I believe, in La Liga. So it's one of those things where you, yeah, I four. started, I started thinking, "Hey, we we might need to like be worried about securing a Champions League spot for next season." Like I was, I'm legitimately worried right now about that because the way we've been playing does not say, you know, have any. With, I have just had doubts about being a Champions League team next season, to be honest with you, but that helped a lot. Obviously, we're still, it's still early. I know it's cliche to say, and I always say this every podcast, but (laughs) it's still, it's still November. It's still early. Hasn't hit the new year yet. We should be starting getting worried in like, you know, the next couple of weeks. If we're not performing still, then there's going to be a problem. But I think we're we're still figuring our lineup uh, as well, and, and the young players are developing. So, yeah, that was a must win, though, for sure.
1: Yeah, and, and we have to remember that Barca has a, a couple of games uh, less than some teams, so it's going to be tricky when you look at the standings, because sometimes you're going to be like, what, yeah. how are you behind, I don't know, Cadiz, Granada, and, and these teams are, are a little bit ahead of, of Barca. Even though, yeah. Well, Granada right now, they haven't played, and they still have three points more than Barca in the same seven games, and, and mm-hmm. they have to play this, um, yeah, their game for this uh, weekend. But you get what I'm saying. Like Barcelona's no, is no. gonna come back and, and be between the. I mean, it's gonna be fighting. They're gonna be yeah. fighting for the La Liga title. And right now, looking at the calendar, what's coming up for Barca? It's a little bit easier than the, the beginning, right? We saw yeah. the, the beginning of the of the calendar for Barca, and it was a little hard. After, I mean, they're gonna go to a break. After that, they have to face Atletico de Madrid, and then it goes down a little bit. Mm. That game against Atletico on November. 21st is going to be a great matchup to see how this Kuman team can yeah. match up. against one of the best teams in Europe be- yeah. because after that, they have Dinamo Kiev, Osasuna, Ferencváros, Cádiz, Juventus in the last one. And we, we know both teams are going to be already qualified for the next yeah. round. Yeah. Uh, Levante, Valencia, Valladolid. So, you know, it goes down a little bit. Eibar, Huesca, yeah. and these type of games that you should be able to to win. So hopefully this is the beginning of the of the Barça going up and getting in the top the top two teams in La Liga. So all right. That was it. I mean it was it. It was fun. A great episode, Logan. Uh a lot to talk about in this uh, Barça Betis matchup. Yeah. And now we're gonna go to a, a little break with the national teams playing. But right after that, we're going to be back with uh, Barça Atletico, and that's that's mm-hmm. one of those games. Return right? of
0: Suarez. Oh, Let's yeah. See. Let's see. We're
1: going to be facing Suarez. Hopefully he can be healthy and play, yeah. and we can see that Pique-Suarez duel yeah. right there. That'll in be interesting. That. That'll be very, very interesting. And we'll see if, if Griezmann plays, and we'll see how, how that goes, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's a, that's uh, another the topic there. Yeah. So right. we'll see what happens at that point. But thank you guys for joining us. And remember to visit blaugragram.com to also be aware of that all the content that we are creating our Patreon feed. You guys can get a special content there. We are still growing as a, as a company, as a content creator company. It's, it's fun. It's great and we need your support there. So join us in the Patreon community. If you can, you can check the link here in the description of the episode. And, and that's going to be it for us so see
0: you yeah. later logan later have a good one
1: barça talk is a production of sounded media with social media and promotion by 2.0 and part of the blau Granagram podcast network until next time visca barça sports social podcast network